Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We become the source for authenticity and exactitude here in Southeast Pennsylvania and the Delaware Valley. And it's because you've all identified our show as the guidepost for all truth seekers in Southeast Pennsylvania. And I'm thankful for that. And we're all thankful that you tune in every week routinely on our show every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. Folks, the point is the home of factualism. We appreciate you all listening to us today. We are going to have an action-packed show. It's going to be moving very quickly. It'll seem like it's moving at the speed of sound. We're going to be providing explanation to the unexplainable, and we will be discussing and exposing the obvious media malpractice that occurs every day on the Pravda Propaganda Fake News Networks. And we do appreciate you listening to us. Folks, I, I want to jump into some of the uh, the Trafalgar's uh, polls and the early voting, uh, you know, that we're seeing. OK, first, I want to comment early voting. Early voting always favored the Democrats. Now, if we go back in years past, like even in 2012, I remember 2012, they were talking about early voting. And again, in 2016, the, the media seems to jump on early voting because. The Democrats always perform better than Republicans in early voting. I don't know why that is. I think it's in the DNA of a Democrat to not have to mingle with the lowly voters as they go to the precinct. So they'd rather do their votes by mail. And they do. <clears throat> Whatever their reasons are, I don't really know. But the Democrats really do always seem to outnumber Republicans in early voting. It's it's a fact that it's been going on in presidential elections for quite some time. And I remember specifically in 2012 and 2016, and I was looking because Ohio and Wisconsin and some of these other states, they always, they all had, they've, they've had early voting for years. And so what's interesting on all of that is you always see the Democrats outperform the Republicans. I mean, pretty substantially too. I mean, you would see 55, <clears throat> 65% of the, <clears throat> of the ballots that come in, that would be Democrat ballots. Okay, that's normally what you'd see. Even in 2016, we saw that. Okay, but not this time. And that's the beauty of it. And that's what I want to jump into, folks. Not this time. So I want to transition into why it's not happening now and what is happening. First, I want to report on what is happening. Again, this is going to be some encouragement for a lot of our listeners here who, quite frankly, have been bombarded by the suppression polls that come out every day showing Trump down 10, 15 points. I mean, they're putting, they're doubling down on their, on their phony polls. I mean, quite literally, uh, it's like Winston Churchill doubling down on those inflatables, those pretend guns on the white cliffs of Dover that were there to fool Hitler into in a, a beach invasion just for a few, for a short period of time until the Allies got the guns into England <clears throat> that they needed. But whatever the case is, Winston Churchill never confused those inflatables those cardboard cutouts of guns. He, he never confused them for real guns. But what you're seeing a lot right now is the, is the Democrats seemingly believing some of these polls. And so it's going to have, I think, a, a, a double, uh, I should say, it's going to have a, uh, a negative effect on them. I think it's going to have a suppressing effect on their turnout. But whatever the case is, it seems like right now it's, it's, it's having an effect as well on the early voting of whatever it is. I mean, maybe they're believing the polls. Or maybe they just don't like their candidate. I mean, maybe they don't like socialism. Okay, that could be it too. Uh, Trump has successfully labeled the Democrats as socialists. 
and he's been doing that successfully now and for some for for a few years and the democrats are trying to reel back from that and it's hard so the early voting here is 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 not working for them in michigan ohio north carolina wisconsin republicans are outpacing their early voting numbers and the democrats are not outpacing their early voting numbers from 2016 i'm going to say that again Republicans are outperforming the 2016 early voting numbers in Michigan, in Ohio, in North Carolina, and Wisconsin. The Democrats are not outpacing their early voting numbers from those same states. And I think, again, it's noteworthy that we just have to, we, we just have to bring this to, uh, bring this to an understanding, okay? But the Democrats seem to have a lock on early voting, and they're not doing it. So we have to ask ourselves, why is it? I think it's because the Democrats have turned off many Democrats. I think the leadership has turned off many Democrats. I think they're just uh, confused. That I mean, well, I should say they're they're now convinced that these are <clears throat> these Democrats. The Democrat Party today supports lawlessness, supports disorder in the cities. I mean. The word has successfully gotten out, not just on our show here, but also on other radio shows throughout the country, certainly here in southeast Pennsylvania, but also on social media. Everywhere else it has been getting out that the Democrats have eliminated cash bails, and we've discussed what that is, okay, and I think it scares suburban moms. It scares and concerns people. When you remove cash bails, you're literally making it possible for someone who commits a felony to get out of jail without someone vouching for that person and putting up something of value for bail. So that person just gets out. Also, by eliminating disorder crimes, this is going on in the cities right now. And I would also suggest to you that possibly some of these down numbers are the, are the metro in the cities, because the people that live in the suburbs and the rurals come out to vote. The people that live in the cities are the ones that generally do the early voting. But whatever the case is, I mean, that's this is my understanding, but it could very well be that the people in the cities are just not they're, they're, they're They just don't want to come out for the Democrats. I, I don't really know what it is, but we, we have to assume that the media wants us to believe the fake news wants us to believe with their phony polls that the Democrats are a highly motivated, enthusiastic, chomping in the bit bunch. All right. We, they, they want us to believe that. And they want us to believe that for some reason the Republicans aren't. But what we're seeing in these early numbers is it's just the opposite. And I think it has to do with the fact that our side is motivated. Our side is motivated. And I think they see the bias in the media. They see the unfairness that goes on. Our side sees it. They see this never-ending four-year project to, to take out Donald Trump our favorite president, okay? And I think that this is what they've been trying to do. We've been looking at this never-ending four-year project. They've been trying to ruin Trump and his presidency, his life and his family. I mean, they've been going after this person for, this is amazing, for four years. I mean, they embedded spies in his campaign, folks. I mean, this is what happened. They tried to impeach him over a phone call that, quite frankly, wasn't impeachable. You know, and what's interesting is, and you don't have to catch this on the news, Donald Trump, again, he's a citizen politician. 
And what I mean by that is he's an individual who's doing it to help the country, to help his community, to help the country. He's not doing this because he wants prestige. He already has that. He's like the 150th richest man on planet Earth. So I would submit that he already has that prestige, power. He already has that too. You get that kind of money, you no longer have problems. You just don't have problems. You have attitudes, okay? So Trump is the Trump is the caricature, if you will, of masculinity and American individualism. He really is. Trump epitomizes what it is to be a successful businessman, what it, what it is to be successful, a successful individual. Trump epitomizes this. Trump is the caricature of success, and I think the left hates him for that. Now, you know, Trump brings with him some of this New York City kind of, I want to say this New York City kind of street brawler type fighter. As my mom used to say when we were kids, uh, you know, the people in New York are just rude. <laughs> as he used to say. But folks, I mean, the the man doesn't make the times, the time makes the man. I think with this country in the set that it's in, we needed a man like Trump to come into place and to fight for these traditions and fight for these constructs, to fight for our constitution, protect our rights. You know, it's interesting when Abe Lincoln was asked about getting rid of uh, Ulysses S. Grant, they didn't like him because he was such a, you know, he was a sight, if you will. He was a drunkard. He was foul mouthed. He was everything that society hated at the time. He, he epitomized, you know, drunken squalor, if you will. Okay. But one thing he was, was a fighter. And when Lincoln was asked to get rid of him, Lincoln said, well, I do agree with you on some things, but I can't get rid of him because I need, I need fighters like him to win this war. And I think the thing of it is, is Donald Trump was raised up, I think, and he's touched by God to be at this point at this time, at this point in history. As we all are, we are here at this designated point in history for such a time as this, okay, as it says in Esther. I, I don't want to miss that, folks. And we are here for such a time as this, and Donald Trump is. And I mean, they've gone after his presidency in ways and the media has gone after him. But and any normal individual would have likely just give it up and say, I'm done with this. I'm not going to keep fighting. I'm over this. I mean, Trump had a great life before he became president. He could certainly go back to that great life. Why is he doing this? I believe that Trump raised this man up for such a time as this. And I think we're going to see this and we're going to see why. Because he is going to crush the head of the serpent. The serpent that's trying to divide this country. But anyway, getting back to the early voting, I just think it's a very distinct point to make. And I didn't want to miss that because early voting now is favoring the Republicans in these states. And I think that's very concerning to the Democrats. In addition to the early voting, the Democrats are also looking at increased voter registration numbers for Republicans over Democrats. So now they're seeing that too. So the Democrats, you know, they got the fake polls on one side, you know, the media keeps putting out the fake polls. So they get encouraged by that. And then the, the and then the, the political scholars in the Democrat party put on their thinking caps and they, they get into their, their, their smart tanks and they, they start looking at the inside numbers 
and then they get scared again. Because when they see that the early voting numbers are where they're at, they get concerned. When they see the voter registration numbers are where they're at, they're, they get concerned again. When they see the Gallup poll that says that the projected, uh, the, the youth turnout, the under 29 group is going to be the lowest since 2000. I mean, it's scaring them again. When they see Gallup put out another poll that shows almost six out of 10 Americans 56% believe that they're better off today than they were four years ago. They get concerned again. So they go through they go through all of those real numbers and then they go back and then they look at the fake polls again the next day and they get rejuvenated for 30 minutes until the real numbers start to hit them again. Then they have to be recharged again the following day as the fake polls come out. The fake polls are rejuvenating them as they see the real numbers, but I guess they're starting to realize that those are just inflatable guns and they're not real. And I think they're getting a very, they're getting concerned. I think you're, you're starting to see it now and some of the reactions in the media and how they're going after each other. And I think that's, that's very delicious. I just want to point that out. But you know, when you, when you look at, and I think when you, uh, when you see that they are, they are a truly very, uh, motivated bunch they really are uh motivated in the wrong way they just hate trump so they're trying to gaslight the country is what they're trying to do they are out there trying to get people to be concerned about the polls and uh, they're just trying to gaslight people with the ballots and you know um, the governor said we're not going to look at signatures here or the governor said this or that or whatever trying to get people upset and trying to gaslight the the other side, i.e. us, because they have nothing else but a losing candidate. I mean, they are facing inevitable defeat, and they know this, and they're concerned about it. I mean, you know, you, you try to make some sense out of what's going on, and I'm telling you, when you look at it, you realize, first off, you realize that they they really know that they they were looking forward to these early voting numbers because they thought this was going to be showing them something. Because Republicans never win in early voting. They just don't. I mean, for many elections, I've always kind of cringed when I've heard these numbers come out. And I've always looked at them because I was always like, okay, well, we're going to come out on election day. It just seems like another element of the deck being stacked. Okay. And I think that's what that what we've always looked at, certainly me. But many of our trained listeners, I'm sure, feel and felt the same way when they saw these early voting numbers in years past. See, I, I mean, we've always felt that early voting was where they could stack the deck, where they could cheat. OK, uh, I mean, because, they, you know, I mean, that's what we always thought. OK, but I mean, we never really liked it. We'd never been in favor of it. I mean, absentee is one thing, but early voting, I mean, I've never liked it. I've never liked it. I mean, mail-in mail -in voting, absentee voting, I, I don't like that either, unless there's a reason. People should go vote. As I stated before, if you want your, if you want your vote to count, absolutely go vote. If you're okay with your vote, maybe not counting, then you can mail it in. And that's where you're at. And I think the Democrats have gotten a whole lot of votes going in that maybe won't count. And that's what they're concerned about. In addition to the early voting numbers that's concerning them, in addition to the the registration numbers, the new voter registration numbers, which are concerning to them. There's a lot of things that they're looking at. 
okay? But make no mistake, I mean, <clears throat> the Democrats always were winning in early voting numbers. They always have won. And I don't know why they don't want to vote on Election Day. Maybe it's because they're too big. Like I said, they don't want to be over there in the, in the long lines. They don't want to show up on, you know, they don't want to have to show up and wait in line or whatever and stand there with the other, the other, you know, common folk that vote on Election Day. I mean, I'm special. I'm going to vote. I'm going to mail my vote in. They've always just done it that way. I mean, they, they, Democrats, the, the elitists seem to look down on people anyway. And early voting is one of those things, I think. I mean, I see it that way. But when you look at the data that's coming out of Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, and North Carolina, that the Republicans are returning ballots at about the same rate as registered Democrats, that's uncommon. That's not normal. That has not been seen in years past. Now, maybe it's a COVID year. People just doing mail-ins. I don't know. But I'm telling you, folks, it's not normal. I think Republicans are going to come out in record numbers on Election Day. So this early voting is something that really strikes me as curious. I mean, they've always scored big. The Democrats have always scored big in early voting because they're out pushing their votes to the polls that way. They're lining them up and, you know, they're lining these people up. They're bringing them out there. They're driving them wherever they have to go to get their poll out. But I'm telling you, early voting in these battleground states is showing Trump outpacing national polls that are giving Biden an edge. And that's what's that's what's telling here. And that's what the headline needs, needs to be. And that's what I want our listeners to get out of this. Trump is outpacing the national polls that are giving Biden an edge. The Republican Party is keeping pace and mail-in and early voting in the key states, despite polls showing early voting should clearly favor the Democrats and Joe Biden. I don't want to miss that, folks. And, you know, when you when you look at it and you understand. But like in Michigan, there was like a million ballots that have been returned. Forty percent were from registered Democrats and about the same number from registered Republicans. In Wisconsin, 40 percent of the 711,000 returned ballots have been from Democrats, while another 38 percent have come from Republicans. Again, it's about the same. And the GOP actually leads in Ohio, which is unbelievable. I mean, 45 to 43. I mean, I don't want to miss that. I mean, that's just, just amazing. See, I mean, there was a Pew Research poll, but there were other polls that came out that talked about those that, that showed the Democrats having huge edges in early voting, and that just didn't pan out. You see, they've already done polling that has now been contradicted and proven wrong. So now we're starting to see the early the early casualties of these fake polls because they've already been out there predicting the Democrats to be leading the way on something that they've always led the way on prior, which is early voting. But they're not now. And it's concerning to them because they see the enthusiasm, not just with Democrats and Republicans, but independents. But, but people are voting early, and this is what's concerning to them. It is. And I just don't, I don't want to miss that. I mean, even in North Carolina, I mean, he's ahead of where he was a few years ago, and I don't want to miss that. But, you know, it's, it's just interesting. I just wanted to point that out. 
because he's just doing better in these polls. And they're concerned about it. Now, the other thing they're concerned about is the youth vote. And I, I just think that there's there's something to be said of that. Because, again, Gallup reporting that the youth interest in this voting cycle is at its lowest level since 2000. Now, this is, again, I, I, guess, I guess this is in keeping with the results from Democracy Institute's polling data as well and other institutions, if you will, and their polling data. But it was mentioned in the Washington, Washington Times and Forbes, and I guess there's going to be uh, that they're estimating just like a million or so fewer young people in this cycle, which is really telling because they always come out with low numbers anyway. So now that they're anticipating lower numbers here. And so they basically went out there and they did this, these pollings. And again, they're showing the numbers are going to be down. They're also showing now that Hispanics and African-Americans are going to poll better. Again, don't miss that. And again, I mean, he's doing better with them, with those demographics. You know, Trump is picking up every day. You're seeing these polls tightening every day. I mean, Trump's actually ahead in Michigan. He's ahead in Wisconsin. He's ahead in Pennsylvania. Uh, he's ahead in Ohio and North Carolina and Florida. Trump's ahead in the battleground states. But when you look at the national polls, he's down by like six or seven. I don't think there's a disconnect there as well. But I think the national poll is probably one of the lagging indicators. The, the state polls show you where, where you're heading to all of this. I think, uh, and again, I think those numbers are wrong because Trump is going to outperform his polls. I mean, he's going to outperform the polls. I don't want to miss that. That's what I think is happening. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Okay. I, 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 you know, and to me, again, I'm just going to get back one, one more time. I'm just going to touch back on the early voting in North Carolina was, was the one state that really came in because early it came in differently because early voting for Republicans, again, was better. And the reason again is noteworthy is it's because we're just not used to it. That's why the Democrats are always way ahead in early voting. North Carolina, Michigan, Ohio, all of these states. I mean, I, I just reeled them all off for you. So, folks, just let that encourage you, okay? As as I said, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, North Carolina, be of good cheer. We're leading the way in early voting, and we're leading the way in, in actual polls. I just want to make sure we're clear on that as well. But let's take a look at some of the crazy things that Biden talked about in this on his debate. I, I think it's I want debate, his town hall. Now we all know that Biden had a town hall last week, or about nine days ago or so, he had a town hall. And he was out there talking on his town hall. And what's interesting is I think he had like 12 million people tuned in or something. 12 million people tuned in as he talked about the idea that an eight-year-old child or a 10-year-old child can decide how well, they, they can decide if they want to be transgender or not. I mean, that's what Joe Biden said he thought that would be that he'd like, you know, that, that he would like to make it easier for that. I mean, I, I just think, you know, that's amazing to me. I mean, these are children and he's talking about that he thinks that they can make a decision like that. And what's happening in some of these school districts, and I want our listeners to understand this is already kind of in place. If your child, your middle schooler, okay, or your, 
your you know your fifth grader or your sixth grader decides that they think they might be transgender, they go to the guidance counselor, and there's a form that they can fill out in some of these school districts as an actual questionnaire. And the, the questionnaire asks these children, do your parents know about these feelings? And if so, do they agree with it? Now, the only reason that the school would want to know about this is not to prepare them for how to address this with the parents, but to decide whether or not they want to keep this from the parents. This is going on in our school districts, folks. Make no mistake about it. And Joe Biden just put his stamp of approval on it. So I want to make sure our listeners understand that in the uh, in the town hall, he made that comment. He also made a comment about police should shoot criminals in the leg. Biden said you can you can ban chokeholds, but beyond that, you have to teach people how to de-escalate circumstances. Now, so far, it sounds okay. So de-escalate. So he said instead of anybody coming at you, the first thing you do is to shoot is shoot to kill. You shoot them, but it, but what you want to do is shoot them in the leg. I mean. Police are not shooting unarmed people, folks. They're they're usually not doing it. I mean, shooting unarmed people, even criminals, is usually a crime. I mean, they're not shooting unarmed people. They're just not. I mean, so he makes the presumption that the police are out there shooting unarmed people. They're not. I mean, it's happened. It's happened. I'm not telling you it hasn't happened. But it's we've had less than a... I think less than 70 or 80 instances this year where unarmed, unarmed suspects were killed, shot and killed during a, uh, in a an attempted arrest. So I want our listeners to understand that. So Joe Biden, you know, again, is trying to address this as a, a major problem. First off, he wants to put it out there. It's a major issue. Then he, then he has this brilliant solution of shooting people in the leg. And I think what's interesting on that is, you know, again, he, I'm going to call this shoot for the shin. Okay, let's call it shoot for the shin. I mean, folks, first Biden talks about banning restraint techniques, you know, like chokeholds. And and then he actually offers up this new technique for restraint and subduing a suspect, which is called shooting him in the shin. Okay, folks, this is dumb. It's absolutely dumb. It's dumb, dumb, dumb. Whereas Joe Biden would say, come on, man. I mean, has he ever talked to a police officer as to why they don't aim for the leg has i wonder if biden's ever asked somebody that because if he has he would understand that a police officer understands that their job is to stop an unlawful act so when they see something happening that can cause death or physical injury they need to stop it and the reason they don't sh- the reason they shoot into the center mass which is what they're trained to do is because officers understand that this offers them the greatest likelihood of actually stopping the illegal activity. They don't shoot the legs or the shin. They don't shoot for the shin because they move and they're harder to hit. Okay. I mean, he's making, he, I mean, he's just making this whole thing with the police of political football is what he's doing. But the comment that he made there is a dog whistle for his defund the police groups. You know, the groups that want to put, the groups that want to put, you know, guidance counselors, if you will, psychologists, behavioral specialists in the, uh, in, you know, in, in the police cars to, to send them off to domestic disputes. I, I just think that's an amazing thing. 
So I wanted, that was another stupid thing that he brought up. Okay. I love what he said about fracking industry. I mean, he, he first, you know, he gets in, he, he wants to hire workers in the fracking industry to cap wells and get a good salary doing it. That's what he said in his town hall. Biden said, there's over 100,000 wells that, that are left uncapped in the region. We could hire 128,000 of these people who are working in the industry to go back and cap these wells and get a good salary doing it. You know, I'm, my thing is, what are they going to do after they're done? I mean, nobody. you see, Stephanopoulos didn't ask that question. I didn't see any act of journalism when Biden said that. I saw no follow-up. See, in a town hall, what's supposed to happen is when the question comes in and the candidate issues a stupid answer or an incomplete answer or a just a horrible answer, however you want to put it, uh, the, 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 the moderator is supposed to bring it back to the question, to the meat and potatoes of the issue. I didn't see Stephanopoulos doing any of that. Okay. And I, I just think that uh, that's something that was unbelievable that he put it in there. Now, um, I think it was also interesting, too, that he, he admitted that his crime bill was a mistake, but not at the federal level. So Biden said it was it was a mistake. But there. But here's where the mistake. He said the mistake came in terms of what the states did locally. Huh? Again, no active journalism from George Stephanopoulos, no question. Nobody wants to know what Joe Biden meant by that answer. That is that is just a squirrely answer. He gave no answer at all on that. I was just amazed at that. I That was a real idiotic. I mean, again, these are softball questions. But he couldn't answer it. I I just thought it was amazing. Now, solar, he got on the solar and wind power will save Pennsylvania. Now, Biden said, he would answer the question. He said, what we have to do, and this is what he answered in his question was in the town, uh, he had his answer in the town hall. He said, what we have to do is focus on the transmission of energy across the country from areas relating to solar and wind. The reason is that they have not. That has not been mastered yet. I mean, folks, he's missing the fact that California has trouble keeping the lights on. I just think that's very telling. California can't keep the lights on. They got power shortages all the time. They're rationing power. I mean, Donald Trump was, I believe it was, uh, I believe he was in Wisconsin and he was talking about how the water, no, it was Nevada. I believe it was you know, Carson City. And he was talking about the water faucets having restrictors on them and the dishwashers and all of this. These are all ideas right out of California, right out of these Green New Deal people. They're putting this out there to put less water into the dishwasher. Okay. Uh, you know, less water out of the faucet. Well, the solar and wind power that Biden swears by is not sufficient enough for California to keep the lights on. Now, that's distinct. And again, where was George Stephanopoulos on that one? Okay, I mean, where is where's he going to get on that one? I, I just think that's an amazing thing. Uh, another another interesting thing was where, with the Boilermakers Union. He said the Boilers Maker, the Boilermaker Union endorsed him in Pennsylvania. Folks, that's a lie. <laughs> that was a 
a lie. The Boilermakers Union endorsed Donald Trump. And I don't want to miss that either. But again, you know what's interesting? Again, all these questions, Biden had them all up. I mean, I want to say Stephanopoulos had these questions up front. He knew the questions that were come out of the audience. So he's out there. He's anticipating this. He He's already done his homework on the possible answers. So they know he knows basically what to look for in answers to make sure the answers are complete answers from Biden. The problem is this wasn't about trying to get Biden on point with any kind of specifics or details or facts in actuality. This was more about trying to make sure the public saw Biden as more of an electable person. Again, they're gaslighting the public. And I started saying this earlier. What the Democrats are doing is they're they're basically trying to get the public to vote for Biden because they hate Trump. You see, folks, I've said this before on this show, and I know that our listeners here, again, are, are, are some of the smartest people in Southeast Pennsylvania, and that's why they tune in our show, because I think they know that we, we talk about it, our facts and figures, but they also know that we get to the meat and potatoes of what they don't hear in very many places. They just don't. I want our, I want our listeners to understand that they're trying to gaslight right now. They're trying to gaslight the public. They're trying to get the public to vote against Trump, not vote for Biden. And I don't want to miss this. See, Biden is like a mannequin. Biden is like an empty shell, an an empty husk of a man. Biden is a Trojan horse for socialism. Biden will be controlled by these anarchists and everyone knows it. People are not running to Biden because they're afraid of Biden. The Democrats are trying to get them to not think about that. Instead, think about how much they don't like Trump. I've never seen an election cycle like that. Usually the candidates give the public reasons why they should vote for their candidate. I mean, Trump's out there doing it every day. Trump's talking about the great economy that he brought once brought on. He's talking about how he recovered from COVID, he talks about how we're bending, we're coming around the curve on COVID, how we're getting ahead of this. You know, Trump talks about the trade deals and the jobs, and he talks about the, the 401ks. He talks about consumer confidence. He talks about low energy costs. I mean, Trump talks about how the electric bills are actually lower today than they were four years ago. See, Voters know this. The voters see that they are better off than they were four years ago. Everyone knows it, whether it's gas prices at the pump or electric prices in the house, whatever it is. People know they're paying less to live today for energy than they were four years ago. People are better off and they know it. But the Democrats are trying to get people to look past that and to see what it is they don't like about Trump. It's just an amazing thing. Their campaign is more trying to demonize the president into an election loss. Now, this technique, I believe, would work on about 9,999 other people that ever run for president, okay, out of 10,000. But the one guy out of 10,000 that this isn't going to work on is Donald Trump. They are running against something they've never seen before. 
you know, when you look in, when you look at the miracles in the Bible and you look at like what I'm going to illustrate Samson, when Samson pulled the pillars of the temple down, the pagan temple down, he, he was chained to those pillars, pulled them down, destroyed the temple. How did he do that? Supernatural strength. I mean, you look at it and you read the stories. You see supernatural strength being illustrated in the Bible in many different ways. What we're seeing is real live time, if you will, supernatural ability being given to somebody. I've never seen this kind of energy and ability and and just level of fight in someone as I politically as I've seen with Donald Trump ever. I mean, I've never seen it. Now, I've always known that he was a fighter. I mean, back when he was coming down the escalator announcing his candidacy, I remember going to the GOP meeting a few nights later that we had uh, and, and you know, we were meeting. And I remember going to that meeting and I remember telling everybody I like Donald Trump and they all looked like they all looked at me like I had lobsters coming out of my ears. They uh, they all looked at me crazy. They're, what are you nuts? He's not even a Republican. I had one person tell me, I said, well, he's in the Republican primary. He's the guy I'm voting for. He's the guy. And they were all like, what is it you like about Trump? Why are you voting for him? There's so many other candidates to look at. He is just two weeks ago, you were talking about, Ted, you were talking about you know, Scott Walker, because he was a guy I was looking at initially. And I remember telling them all, I like the man because he's a fighter. And we are not going to beat Hillary Clinton without a fighter. It just isn't going to happen. We nominated Ward Cleaver in 2012, and we got beat. Okay. We nominated a war hero in 1996 and got beat. Another war hero in 2008 and got beat. I mean, establishment war heroes, but they, I mean, I, I, they just weren't the fighters that Trump is. And what happens is the Democrats always, the Democrats are always out there trying to tell us what type of candidate to nominate. And every time they give us their advice, we seem to take it. We have in years past. Well, you got to get that precious, that precious moderate, that precious middle voter, that that independent. Well, folks, let me help you. What we have to do, and we always needed to do, was to mobilize our base vote and get Republicans excited about the Republican Party ticket. Doing that, you can win the elections. That's the key that you don't want to miss. And this is what Trump is teaching us. Trump is teaching all of us that we need to fight. For the Republican, what makes us different? Why, why, what makes us different? You know, as a, you know, and when you look at it, you realize, I mean, what, what is the difference between socialism and Americanism? You know, what is it? You know, I mean, you've got Marxist authoritarianism versus constitutional republic. The end justifies the means, situational ethics versus the application of the rule of law and civility. I mean, eliminate citizen dissent by silencing free speech. Republicans promoting free speech. I mean, you've got indoctrination in our schools versus parental guidance. No history education versus history and civics. I mean, there's a whole lot here you can look at. And I think when you even when you get into the income inequality and in, in, in the social injustice that you look at, you have the Democrats favor income and property redistribution. The Republicans favor opportunity equality, equal opportunity for all, as well as 
equal judicial decisions. I mean, immigration security and sovereignty, Republicans support border security, no sanctuary cities. They support ICE. They support merit-based immigration. And the Democrats want open borders, sanctuary cities, immigration lottery. I mean, look, it goes on and on. The Supreme Court nominee preferences. I mean, who do they pre- who do they pre- pre- prefer, you know? They want justices that are going to decide based on social needs and desires, whereas Republicans make decisions, you know, the, the conservative justices make decisions based on originalism, implying the intent of the Constitution. This is a huge, diff- distinct difference. Look, there's so many differences between the candidates. And I don't want to miss that. And I think when I was talking about gaslighting, this is what they, they've done. The Democrats have done just this. They've gaslit this entire election. They're trying to make this, they're trying to, they're using a tactic on Trump. And they're literally mobilizing the entire media force against the big tech and everything. I mean, they're doing this. This is an amazing thing. And they're mobilizing big tech. I mean, folks, I can tell you that they, everyone knows that they are not better off now. And they're not, but they were better off four years ago than they are now. No, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that when Biden was vice president, okay, that they were not better off then. Okay. Everyone knows that. So the Democrats are out there saying, well, what are we going to what are we going to do? Well, have them vote against Trump. So they're trying to demonize the man. Folks, this is losing. This is a losing strategy and they're losing it now. OK, so their strategy has been back to gaslighting this and they're just not getting it. Look, manufacturing jobs are returning. Who's going to vote against that? Who's going to vote against growing and ro- a growing and roaring economy? Who's going to do that? They're hoping people are going to vote against a roaring economy and and manufacturing jobs coming back. Vote against that because they don't like Trump. That's what they're hoping for. I mean, who's going to, you know, they're hoping that people will vote against Trump instead of instead of voting to replace a worn out health care system. With one that works and makes sense, lets them keep their health care. I mean, this is it. I mean, they literally believe they can make people vote against their own self-interest by convincing that this is a referendum election between the mannequin Joe Biden and Donald Trump's personality. And I think that's just an amazing thing. See, to keep this election as a referendum, you know, in opposition to Trump, as opposed to an actual election... You know, you'd have to have someone that is willing to look past the obvious and what they see. I mean, people want what's best for their family and what's best for this country. I mean, make no mistake about it. The candidate that you were going to vote for is the one that produced the results, and they know this. This is what they're up against. I mean, you've got Trump out there promising to do what he can to sustain America's greatness. And he's the only one doing that. 
He's the only one that's trying to attempt to restore law and order and to keep that dialogue out there, to use those words and, and trying to instill law and order back to America's streets. He's the one that wants to do this. You got Joe Biden who wants the opposite. I mean, he's not promising the same thing. He's promising a different version of it. That's what he's doing. And we don't even see him anyway. I mean, I mean, Joe Biden doesn't draw anybody to his events at all. You know, Donald Trump draws more people, more supporters for Trump, Trump supporters, to a Joe Biden event than Joe Biden brings for his own voters, his own supporters. Folks, don't miss that. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, Joe Biden puts a lid on his campaign all the way through, oh, like five days a week, four days a week. He puts a lid on his campaign all the time. He's just got to get rest. He's got to get sleep. I mean, this guy puts a lid on his campaign all the time. I mean, the Democrats don't want to let Biden or issues affect our vote. They're going to keep Biden hidden. I mean, what their plan is just to offer free stuff, offer up fear and hate. I mean, the Democrats want us to vote based upon the president's personality and not his policies. That is something I don't want our listeners to miss. And the reason is because they lose in a policy race. They lose very, very large in a policy race, and they know it. They can't get people to vote against Trump because they hate him. They know that now. And they're starting to see it. And they're getting concerned. I mean, Trump's rallies are huge. I don't care where Trump goes. I mean, he was in Carson City. He was in Prescott, Arizona, Tucson, Macon, Georgia, Sanford, Florida, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter where he goes. I mean, wherever he goes, he has 15, 25,000 people showing up everywhere he goes. And everywhere Joe Biden goes, nobody comes in. Nobody. And this is what they don't like. And this is what they're concerned about. They keep wanting to point people back to the first debate. So we have this, this giant debate set up. And by the way, folks, our show, The Watchmen, later on today at 1 p.m. is going to be about the debate. So tune in later. I'm going to be with Annette. We're going to talk about the debate. So tune in later. I'll, I'll show the Watchmen will be about that. But make no mistake, okay? What they're trying to do is they want us to look at the first debate and they're just trying to get people to, you know, trying try to get people off the issues and off of Biden himself. They're trying to look at Trump's personality. That's what they're trying to do. It's just an, it's an amazing strategy that I don't know who came up with it, but that's all they got. Because they realize that they're going to have to try to get people to vote against Trump because they don't like him. I said this before. The yard signs that you see are not Biden supporters. They're Trump haters. Last week in missing a whole lot of Biden signs got up on the main roads. We had people calling, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I reminded that person. First off, we have hundreds and hundreds of signs and why and yards and Trump signs and, and the yards of homeowners and why I'm missing. They couldn't get enough of their Biden signs and homes of yards of homes and why I'm missing. So they put them all on the side of the main roads. 
I've learned this a long time. I'm a long time ago in politics. Yard signs in the yards of a homeowner have more of an impact than yard signs on the side of the road. They just do. And I think, again, they, 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 they don't have a place for their signs. So they're just putting them out where they can. And I just think that's a very distinct point to make here. I mean, they're not winning. And why am I missing? I reminded that person who was all concerned about those signs. I said, we've done three Trump roadside rallies in Wyoming at the Berkshire Mall. We did three of them. A total of six hours. A total of 360 minutes. And in 360 minutes, folks, we handed out over 500 signs. Again, that's more than one sign a minute. That's one sign every 40 or so seconds. So what I don't want our listeners to miss is that we handed out yard signs to homeowners. Now, not everybody that went by lived in Wyoming, but most of them did. And again, we I mean, wherever we did our Trump roadside rally, whether it was Wyoming, Shillington or Redding <laughs> or Muhlenberg or Sinking Springs, whether it was Maiden Creek or Fleetwood or Boyertown, doesn't matter, folks. Wherever we were in Berks County, Birdsboro, Douglasville, didn't matter. Wherever we were, we were handing out one sign every 40 or 50 seconds. And that's the facts. Those are, that's truth, folks, that you can bank on in Denver. Don't miss it. The Democrats know they don't have any enthusiasm. So they're out there trying to get voters to be upset about the process, to be upset about the governor, to get upset and discouraged. This is all they have left. They don't have policies to promote. They don't have candidates to promote. They don't have ideas to promote. They got nothing. How do you promote eliminating cash bails? How do you promote eliminating border security? How do you, how do you promote that? You know, I mean, where, where do you go for, for promoting the Green New Deal? Where, where does that start? Where does the promotion of that begin? I mean, the elimination of, 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 gas cars like they're doing in California by the year 2035. I mean, where, where do you start there? I mean, how, how do you get people behind such a policy? How do you do that? They can't. They can't. And these are things that they know full well. And I want to make sure our listeners understand that. They know full well that America's not buying what they're selling. America does not want to eliminate ICE. They don't want to defund the police. They can't sell eliminating border walls. They can't sell their sanctuary city policy. All right, they can't sell decriminalizing illegal border crossings or decriminalizing disorder crimes and getting rid of cash bails, as I said. They cannot sell to the public eliminating private health care insurance. They certainly are having a hard time selling free everything for illegal immigrants. They're having a hard way trying to sell that when we have homeless veterans getting nothing. They're having a hard time with that sell. They're having a really hard time talking about voting rights for felons and, and, and lowering the voting age to 16 or unrestricted abortions at any stage of the pregnancy. That's another one that, that that's that's a no starter for them as well. And they're really struggling with the policies of stacking the Supreme Court and eliminating the Electoral College. You know, again, we're, I'm not going to spoil the, the debate, but folks, I'm going to tell you, there won't be any questions on what we just talked about. 
you won't be hearing us discuss the questions that came from the moderator on the issues we just got into. Because that's not going to be any of the topics we're going to be discussing won't have to do with that. Okay, the Green New Deal and the end and the end fracking policies that they want, that's what they want. I mean, you're going to see some discussions on climate change and other popular talking points of the Democrats. That's what you want to that's what you're going to see. But they can't sell that to the public, and that's what they're up against. They're trying to sell to the public these crazy bad ideas. The establishing of a wealth tax, the raising of cor- corporate taxing and taxes, the raising of, of 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 income taxes, the raising of all of that. You know the di- the raising of capital gains taxes. They want to they they want to that they're just non-starters. They don't know where to go with it. You know, so how they sell it is they try to package it in such a way that hits on the emotions. You know. I mean, they, they always try to highlight that in the, in the emotions. They try to play on the emotions. But, folks, the facts play out. Look, voters know that Trump cut taxes. He said he would, and he did. Voters know that Trump cut regulations. He said he was going to, and he did. Trump Voters know that Trump built the strongest economy we've had in 50 years. They know it because they've experienced it. He said he would, and he did. Voters know that Trump secured the border, folks. They know he did that. And voters know that Trump put conservatives on all the federal courts. They know that, too. They've watched it happen. Voters knew that Trump would get out of the Iran deal, and he did. Voters knew that Trump would get out of the Paris Accord, and he did. Voters knew that Trump would get out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and he did. Voters knew that he that Trump would get us out of the, the lousy NAFTA trade deals. And he did. I mean, Trump did what he said he was going to do. And this is what people are going to be voting for. See, people are going to be voting for economic and military supremacy. They're going to be voting for that. That's going to be on the ballot. Border security and law and order, folks, that will be on the ballot. That will be on the ballot. The best education on planet Earth, that will be on the ballot, folks. And an honest media, my goodness, that's going to be on the ballot, too. Look, these are American traditions that will be on the ballot. 401ks through the roof, folks, that will be on the ballot. New trade deals with China. USMCA, all of that will be on the ballot. Consumer confidence at an all-time high, I should say, at record highs following the pandemic, that will be on the ballot. Gas prices still down to lowest level in 20 years, that will be on the ballot. The U.S. being the number one producer of energy in the world will be on the ballot. Wages increasing for the first time in years will be on the ballot. The thriving economy and interest rates being down, home ownership being through the roof, folks, that's going to be on the ballot. The Democrats are struggling with this, so they're trying to gaslight people against Trump because they know when they talk about the economy, they'll have to eventually get to the GDP and the GDP growth under Obama Biden was a half a trillion dollars a year for eight years. 
But the GDP growth under Donald Trump for the first three years was three times that before the pandemic. And folks, again, that will be on the ballot. What's going to be on the ballot, folks, is America first versus globalism. America's winning and thriving again, and America knows it, and the voters know it, and they will be on this will be on the ballot. I mean, make no mistake about it, folks. Our 401ks, our pension funds, all of this being up in value is all going to be on the ballot. There's no way this country is going to vote for a candidate who wants to initiate wealth taxes, all right, who wants to, who raise corporate taxes, who wants to ruin the economy every way he can. There's no way that they're going to bring on an individual they're going to, that's, uh, that's got the onset of something serious going on in his head that wants to enact all these bad ideas, folks. They're just not going to go there. People are rightfully afraid of Biden. They should be. Folks, if you want to know where Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are, just listen to the words that come out of their mouth during their debates. That tells you everything about where they are and where they want to take this country. Well, folks, we are out of time. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. Thanks for being with us today on our show, our show here, The Point. And I want to thank everyone for being with us. And it truly was the unadorned truth that come that just basically came at you very quickly. But the listeners that we have all picked it up very quickly and very accurately. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for spending time on the oasis here, the oasis of truth for all of us here. See you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.